first time ever. Hear you loud and clearly. Um, and it was going place. That stuff's great. But the game is not a roguelike. Boomer shooter. <laughs> Bang. Hello, this is John St. John, and you're listening to KWEP In The Keep, bringing you all the hits from the finest in the world of gaming and entertainment. Now sit back and relax as the drowned god Cathala lulls your mind with the tastiest talk in town. Welcome to another chapter of In The Keep podcast. I'm your very own prophet of the drowned god, the Motherlode. The Keep is a collective of gaming enthusiasts compelled by the drowned god Cathala to frag and jib one another into oblivion for all eternity. Alright, we are here with Papa Sko, who is an absolutely, uh, I was about to say amazing, but I want to say like interesting, if, none, if nothing else, really interesting YouTuber, because you found a uh, strange little niche that brought you onto my radar pretty recently with the the retro shooter uh, series now there's three of them released is that true yeah currently i'm working on the fourth one right now and uh i'm quite excited for it yeah so what you said what sent you down that path what, what made you decide that was a good idea honestly i have no idea i started playing a few retro shooters i think the first one i played was ion fury and i really liked it and i thought I find it very impressive that you know we're in 2019 when that was released, and mm-hmm. it's a game on the build engine. For God's sake, the build engine like is very old. It's like pre 2000s, and I thought that was really interesting. The fact they made a full length game that fits into less than 100 meg of data that really surprised me, and I thought that's really cool. And then I noticed there were more and more and more boomer shooters if you will coming out and i thought yeah. i'm gonna have to do something about that <laughs> so what were you doing prior to this like you're if i'm not mistaken about 20 22 yeah. years old yeah so what put you into like the gaming world in general uh well i've always been playing video games for as long as i can remember honestly but um it was about three four years ago now i decided to buy a pc and start mm-hmm. Gaming on the PC as opposed to on consoles, and I haven't looked back since, really. Yeah, I'm kind of a similar story. I'm a little bit older than you, 25, but I'd, I'd played games. Like, I had consoles and stupid shit like that. I just mm. played PlayStation all my life and Nintendo, and I uh, I got out here. Like, I moved from my home to here where I live now is Tucson, and... I was just, like, bored all the time after work. I'm like, what the fuck am I supposed to do with my time? And I... One of my friends, uh, he was like big into PC gaming and he's just like, hey, we could just build you a computer. And I was like, that sounds fun. What would I do with that? You know, like I could already play games on my PlayStation. Mm. Shit. Like what, what can that do that this can't? I, little did I know. And, <laughs> but I didn't have the money to buy one. So one day he just shows up to my house with a bunch of parts and he's just like, uh, I had all these extra parts laying around and I was walking around outside of my, where I live and somebody had left this tower on the side of the road. And it's a nice tower. And I was just like, uh, okay, I don't know how to do this. And he's like, I'll walk you through every step. So <laughs> my first PC, we built it. It was mm. so much fun. And I've been, yeah, 100% all in ever since. Yeah, it's just adult Lego. <laughs> That's what I tell everyone. It's exactly like putting together a Lego set. Except that if you 
fuck up or get some static electricity on it, it'll yeah, cost up. <laughs> so, what kind of games were you playing uh, at that time? Honestly, anything and everything. I've always, I've always said to myself, give every game and every genre a chance. Mm-hmm. You know, if I see a game and I'm like, oh, that's kind of interesting, but I'm not into the whole this aspect or that aspect, I'll still give it a go. I'll give it a shot, see if I like it. If I do, great. If not. Back into my uh, libraries and never be played again. I guess. Yeah, I think that's a good way of looking at things because a lot of people will do that. It's like that's just not my thing, and then you know, it, it was always the same thing. Like I tell a friend about, like, hey man, you got to check out this really cool band, and they're like, I don't mm-hmm. know, it's just not. And then like years later, they come back and like, hey, have you heard of this band? I'm like, yeah, I told them, told <laughs> you about them like five years ago. Yeah. Uh, same thing with any anything uh, art, TV, music whatever uh, video games obviously and yeah i respect that about you and that aspect of your personality i think is kind of like what brought you to our little boomer shooter retro (laughs) fps community so that's good Hmm. ultimately and so i say all that to say what is it about it other than i mean you've already mentioned a little bit about ion fury and like it's like oh it's a small download it's relatively good price and all this like what made you say like this is what i want to like i want to make three what they're all no less than 30 minutes long videos yeah that's not that's not easy like that's hard work (laughs) um i just thought that you know there's new games that are trying to be old school in the way they present themselves but they do new things with each of their games and each of them has their own little i don't know how probably not niche but they've got their own little gimmicks and quirks and I thought, that's really interesting. And I thought that the love that people have put into these games is really something special because you see AAA studios just pumping out game release after game release after game release, not caring about it, just hoping it will make money. But these people put time and effort into their games. They craft it and they make it as good as they possibly can. Then they put it on Steam and they release it for like a couple of pounds. And you're just like, you really should be charging more for that. That's really good quality i have had many arguments on this show before with people you have to you have to value your work right like you can just some some of these guys like eight years of hard work into whatever it is they're doing even even open source stuff i get i get irritated uh and day from quake world uh fame was on here recently and i was just like dude even though like you're you're not creating like a game that you're not able to monetize quake world the work you do for it has value and like you should give people the opportunity please to just like support you because if you're putting 40 he puts no less than 40 hours a week into quake world and casting for quake world and all this Mm. like dude you're worth something you're not you're not just worth whatever twitch is paying you so Mm. Uh, yeah go ahead (laughs) you were saying no no no. i insist you're the guest yeah i think that you know people put a lot of their time and effort and passion into these games and that's why i decided to start you know trying to bring them to more people because mm-hmm. i was playing them i was really enjoying them i was thinking to myself no one of my friends has these games and when i was in discord chats with other people i was like hey have you heard of this game and they're like no i haven't i haven't heard of it what, what is it i'm like well i've got a job to do <laughs> That's it's interesting because you were already doing the YouTube thing prior to this. For oh yeah, I've, pretty good. How many years? Oh god, <laughs> um, I started 
I started the channel when I was in high school, but I wasn't ever really serious about it. Then I got to college, I started doing a media course. I learned a lot about how to use Premiere Pro, Photoshop, and stuff like that. And that's helped me out massively. And I started to then think to myself, right, take it a little bit more seriously. But up until recently, my channel hadn't really got the traction that uh, I'd aimed for. <laughs> well, that warrants the hard work put into Yeah, I yeah. get that, man. A hundred percent. Like uh, you mentioned like learning Premiere and all that stuff. You, you went to school, you took a class in that? I was yeah. So I just busted out. I had a shot cut for up until like last week and I've been using that open source piece of shit forever. <laughs> and now I'm just no, no schooling, just balls deep in trying to learn Da Vinci. Uh, which is a whole different horse, <laughs> but it's, it is weird. Like the different routes that people come into this stuff, because uh, mm. a lot of people really benefit from that, that kind of classroom setting or, wh- you know, whatever it is, if you're online, I guess nowadays, but uh, I, I'm like autodidact all the way. I can't have someone else like formally teach me things. I have to just like get in there get my hands dirty, get some grease on there, whatever dirt between my fingernails and <laughs> see what happens. But I end up beating my head against the wall for a long time, so I mm. totally get your pain. Yeah. Just bear me one second. I hear someone's just come home, so I'm just going to tell them I'm podcasting. No one sec. No. Sorry about that. Just to make sure we didn't get the steps. <laughs> no problem. Uh, now I need to spray some links in here because the dog's farts are unbelievably smelly. Should I leave that in? If you good. want. <laughs> we'll Does above me. Hmm. But in terms of just uh, beating your head against the wall for a long time, trying to figure mm. out like, what is this thing I'm doing? Uh, wh- how can I make something of it? What is, where, where do I even fit into this market? That, that kind of thing. Like, uh, like when it started the fucking podcast thing, like I didn't know what the hell I was doing. And I definitely like, there was no reason for me to believe that there would be a, you know, at the time that started, like why would me as uneducated as I was think that anybody was going to care about a show to do with boomer shooters and then mm. lo and behold like a couple years later like fred schreiber's like hey man you're like the only guy that does this sort of shit you want to be in real steep and i'm like okay i guess yeah of course i had a really similar thing on my channel where that, that first video took off and i'd never seen anything like it it's not massive you know in terms of if you look at the landscape of YouTube, you see people with millions and millions of views and you think to yourself, damn, that's impressive. I'm only at about 5,000 on my first video, which is not a lot, but it is to me. That's, well, must be, I'd say about 10 times more than I'd ever get on any other video. I watched it a couple of days ago and I'm pretty sure it's like pushing seven now. Like that's the thing is it, it's like <laughs> exponential, you know, it, mm. it reaches a, certain point and then it just it goes and goes and goes and then like you make another video and then people watch it and they're like oh man what else is this guy oh my god there's part one like in cascades and i mean i'm not super successful on youtube and i don't really i mean i care to the extent Mm. that i want to reach people but like i don't intend for youtube to make me money or anything like Mm. that's youtube is like a commercial for the rest of what in the cube does but um with that said that's no small feat. Like having 6,000 downloads on any video is uh, compared to the relative market of what you're doing. Huge. I mean, that's really amazing. And I don't think it's so important that you have like, I mean, Civi is a great example. G man, mm. Icarus lives, these guys like it, they've really, but they've been doing it for a long time. And Civi has great production. Like these are, 
they have a little bit of an edge and plus hard work that's mm. put them there. But I mean, over time, I think if you stick to what you're doing, I'm not saying stick to boomer shooters, but stick to the quality <laughs> and like keep yeah. improving on the way you're going. I like, I, I just like, I saw your shit and I was like, not only does this guy have good taste, but also he's not an idiot, which is rare. Like YouTube is such a cesspool of God. People are just fucking morons in there. So. Yep. I've been there and I've done that. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. I just like what you do, man. I, I wanted to, this is my excuse to have a conversation. <laughs> no worries. Oh, Netflix popping up, telling me that uh new series are back. Yep. That's fine. Cool. <laughs> oh my God. Like the amount of pings I have to. <laughs> so that's the thing with that's Netflix. Okay. It can't, you can't just tell me that there's so many titles. has to ping me for each and every title. <laughs> there's probably some setting you could tweak. I don't know, man. I, I keep probably is like, I keep Netflix and all that shit off the PC. Like that's TV time, hmm. computer time. Yeah, I've got remember. a um, what's it? An LTV stick for Amazon oh. and all that stuff. Uh, normally though, I use um, you know, the OpenGX browser. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so it was weird um, loading up Zencaster and it's like this has to be on Chrome. I'm like, oh, okay then. So load up Chrome for the really first time in months. Yeah. Nice. Okay. That's yeah. good to know. I'll tell future guests that because uh, what if we were on an Apple or some shit like that? Like that's. Mm, I think there's. You can get Chrome on an Apple. Yeah. Yeah, you can. Yeah. Uh, remember that from college. But I don't know. Like, that's actually a really important note to make because I just switched over to the service. But like Discord, like it made sense for a long time. Like, okay, just use Discord because everybody's like that I'm going to talk to is going to be on Discord mm. and pop into a voice channel. But it's so like regional, like dependent. So if I'm interviewing somebody in fucking China or something like that, I'm like, okay, let's find a server that works for both of us. Yeah. Uh, and then the added step of recording it. So I'm sure you know a bit about OBS at this point. Like, mm-hmm. uh, I've royally fucked up so many podcasts by just simply <laughs> not pushing the right button on OBS, <laughs> and I'm yeah. so sick of it. Like, or like saved it to the wrong folder and lost it, or. Yeah, I found OBS a little tricky to use, and so I have reverted back to, believe it or not, Bandicam, (laughs) which is very old software, but I had a pro license for it years ago, and it seems to be doing the job just fine for recording gameplay, so. I mean, it's it's working. Yeah. There's no issue with that. Do you uh, look back at your, like, older content and just pick yourself apart, or do you just kind of, like, want a gun... Yeah, um, I went back and watched um, Boomer Shoots Part 1 and I noticed that the the template I was using to reference the titles didn't look as good as my newer one and there was some audio issues and stuff like that that I've had to work around and fix and I hope that's beginning to show in my videos that I am improving but... (laughs) I think that's important, like to constantly kind of seek it, you know, a little, it's not going to be perfect. No. I, I am of the opinion that there is no such thing as re- like a perfect work. Like mm. I just have to tell myself like, okay, that's as good as it's going to get for now. Let it go. Learn from my mistakes, do better next time. But I asked that to ask like, what, what improvements do you see yourself making thus far other than like the templates and things? Um, I'm not really a hundred percent sure. Um, perhaps, having a set sort of length for each and every section of my videos. Like if I'm doing a review on one game, I should have so many paragraphs on it. And on the other one, roughly the same. 
if it's possible because there are some games that you just can't write that much about because they don't have that much to offer or they're mm. in very, very early stages and it makes it very tricky to do. And so trying to work out how to balance the the script load, basically. Yeah, that's a big part of it, I guess. Like it, sometimes I think about like when I watch, especially compilation videos, like what you've mm. been doing recently, like, okay, so like how do you decide which game goes first and last? And like, or is it just like vomit, like figure out like, <laughs> where these, wherever the pieces fall, I guess. But, um, and then also how much time you give to each one. Mm. Well, I have a list set up currently of all the games that I'm going to be covering of the boomer shooters that are out currently, and I do keep adding to that and changing it as more come out. Is it um, Zach's list? It might be Zach's list. However, I think, <laughs> I'm pretty sure I sent him that list. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, as yeah, in the UNM1 Discord, um, I did bring it up to Zach and to Jake that um, because we have a Patreon specific channel for and we give out like yeah there's you know giveaways and stuff like that and little uh i don't know how you'd say like raffles stuff like that mm-hmm. uh i was thinking to myself right here's the list of all the boom shooters i'm aware of could we incorporate them into a list we do like a bingo type thing with them but there wasn't <laughs> there wasn't enough titles for the amount of people that are actually on the patreon tier so i sent that to zach and yeah so, so was the plan to like have enough people to just like each one of you go play test a game and we'll feature it and like a, a review or whatever? Like, no, what I was thinking was, um, you know, like a sort of bingo card, you everyone gets a certain number of titles and the first one's mm-hmm. complete a line in terms of like the new releases, you know, um, in the order they come out, for example, the first one to complete a line could win a game from the list or something like that. I was just okay. spitballing ideas to make the Patreon more fun yeah it's patreon's so fucking weird like i i'm sure i could do a lot better with mine but i've just taken on the idea like okay you know what i don't want to like bar someone for not being able to give you know like a hundred dollars a month or some shit like that mm-hmm. so i just like treat everyone exactly the same like y'all get access to the podcast if you want to give more fucking hell yeah thanks <laughs> uh the only difference is like sometimes i'll send like care packages or whatever so you know if i get a new patron and they're like here's 50 bucks a month. I'm like, all right, well, I guess we're sending you everything as opposed to like, <laughs> you know, like, like, well, let me look in the merch box here and see what we got. Uh, which has oftentimes been like, uh, just merch I had sitting around. Like I, I when I talked to run with scissors, uh, Mike J all that shit, like he oh, just wow. gave me a fuckload of merch. I'm like, okay, well that's going straight <laughs> to the Patreon. <laughs> nice. So I kept a crotchy doll. I had to keep one. Of I course. Yes. Doll to go with him now. Uh, so that's actually an interesting dynamic that I wanted to kind of go down. What's it like as a, uh, as a relative newcomer to this genre being around people like, like Zach and Jake, who have just like mm. got years and years of like vast knowledge. Cause I have my own perspective on that. Well, obviously I wasn't around for the releases of, you know, the original boomer shooters, you know, the, the granddaddies of the FPS, you know, your doom, your mm-hmm. quake, your Wolfenstein, your original Duke Nukem 3d. I wasn't there for any of those, and that sucked. But now I'm seeing these games come out. Like, for example, uh, what was the one recently? Um, I mean, this guy just seemed to find it. Completely <laughs> <laughs> blanking. Um, all the time. Oh, it's hard. Uh, Sometimes I message someone about a game that they didn't make. I'm like, hey, man, or like, 
Actually, today I have a podcast today and tomorrow, and I was about to get ready to interview the guy for tomorrow, and then I was like, oh shit, I better message him. <laughs> like, like Proteus, for example. Oh, uh, yeah. That's a yeah. recent game that's come out, and it is beautiful. You know, it looks just like, you know, those older games, but it's got its own new modern take on it. It looks beautiful. It's done really well with its art style, and, you know, again, small game fitted in massive amounts of content. Mm-hmm. And it's stuff like that that I'm glad that I can experience that for the first time as it comes out. Which, yeah. obviously, I I like doing, but yeah, I wish I could have been there for the big games, the ones that people are still talking about years later. I get that. I I guess I got a little taste of it. I didn't really play like Doom and Quake and stuff when I was a kid, but I mean, my dad, I at least played Duke Nukem on the PlayStation, like Time to Kill, which is not a first-person game, but mm. I got at least some exposure to like this culture, I guess is how you put it. I guess Duke Nukem's like the most problematic part of this culture, but... <laughs> It was a good experience to have and like kind of opened my eyes to that. Because later on, when I did get into the genre and I realized like, oh, Duke Nukem is like a legend in this kind of community. It gave me a little bit more of a like reason to pursue it. Like, okay, like I have a, a fond memory of that character. I can get into that. And like, and then obviously Ion Fury mm. is, I still think Ion Fury is the best build engine game. It is really good. People, people push back. They say blood. It's definitely not Rampage, uh, Redneck Rampage or whatever. Uh, I I don't know. I, I just think that something you brought up earlier was just how, you know, how that game is like takes up such little space. Like at the time, that was a triple A game, you know, like mm. Duke Nukem was like the top tier of the top tier pushing technology to the end. And I was telling a friend this the other day too. Like I I'm more fascinated by what like what can we do with the ideas of the past with modern engineering as opposed to what the AAA industry does is constantly always try to push the boundary. Mm. And so you're always going to end up with you know this this cycle of okay, we need to make more money, but we can't sell the games necessarily for more money than we already do because people have an expectation in the market. And so therefore we have to hire more people and either pay them less or work them until they're dead. I mean, that's the way I see it, that there's no other real way to do what they're trying to do. No, not not a profitable way. Of course, there's ways that many uh, studios can definitely get the support of the public. You know, if you Mm -hmm. choose to release a game and then slowly work on actual decent DLC and put time and craft and love and effort into it, like we saw with, to use CDPR as an example, but with The Witcher, for example, they released The Witcher, released like agree. full, proper DLC that was its own story and stuff like that. It was an add-on to the original game that just expanded it. That's the way to do it. But then you see companies like EA just shit the bed, basically, with the DLC. It's unbelievable. And I was thinking about this the other day because I've bought an original Xbox, an Xbox 360, and a PS2. Uh, not all at the same time. Without the money for that. <laughs> um, but I was playing Mercenaries, if you've ever heard mm-hmm. of that game. Um, oh, I, I love the original Mercenaries. Mm, it's PS4, a very good game. Or PS2, yeah. Yes. Uh, I was playing that, and I noticed it was an EA game. And I also own The Godfather, and I own... What was it? Um, like, Black and uh, 
all the old Fight Club games, mm-hmm. uh, the Fight Night games even, and I noticed that in the past two generations of games, EA have just gone downhill. Like they used to have so many unique IPs and decent games, and now they've just they focused on what makes them money, and there's no love put into them. I even remember when EA was like the game, like they made all the sports games, you know, EA Sports or whatever, challenge everything. Or I, that was like ingrained in my brain. Like I thought, like oh, they just they're they're the people who make sports games, and that was it. Hmm. And oh no, it was uh, in the game. Yeah, that that's the one because challenge, challenge everything, everything was their really like, normal division. It was Harry Potter uh, and the Sorcerer's Stone and sure. Medal of Honor games. Yes, but yeah, it's it's very strange that they've just kind of lost all of their footing. And I don't know if that's a misstep for them because I don't know how much money they really make. You know, Hmm. maybe they look at their bottom line and they're like, we're doing fucking great. I don't really care what these people think. Uh, Hmm. Some people are not in the market of quality. uh, No. (laughs) They're in the market of quantity and money. And that's it. So I don't know. I guess it's a matter of what they're selling. Very true. Like, um, that's one of the things is, you know, I'm talking about the size of these games. They're very small games. You know, they're a couple of megabytes, and they are full-length games. They're games from start to finish, a proper campaign that will last you a good couple of hours at least. Yeah. Then you look at companies like Activision, with their newest Call of Duty being 100-plus gigabytes, and you're just thinking to yourself, what What are you doing? <sighs> they're uh, selling you games as a service. Uh, yes, it's eventually. like, compress your files, man. Yeah, what? <laughs> I mean, first of all, they got to make the biggest, hottest, sexiest graphics, and then the single-player games in Call of Duty are not what they're trying to sell you. Like that's that's a commercial mm. again. Like it's, it's an advertisement for the real product, which is subscribe, start playing online, and, and yes, get involved definitely. and build this esports community and all this shit. Which I don't even know how the fuck esports are profitable. Like I, I know I, I like esports. I don't know how like the idea of making an esport to someone who is a game designer sounds appealing. I guess is what I'm trying to say mm. because it's such a mountain to climb and it's, you've spent so much time. Like uh, look at league of legends. Like it, it took them forever to turn a profit on that game. Overwatch, same thing. You just have to keep reinvesting and reinvesting and it's never over. Like the game designers mm. never going to say, all right, well, we're done with that game. Let's move on and go do something new. It's just, no, keep making more things for this one thing. Yeah, it's not just that though. It's also the amount of time and effort and resources they have to put into advertising the game and getting people on side with the game to want to tune in to watch these esports teams. Yeah, because of course nobody's going to tune in to watch a dead game. Uh, dead game. I hate when people say that. Fucking. <laughs> <laughs> just like I'm over here playing like open arena and stupid. Like people, you know, there's maybe on a great night like 50 people on a server and mm. like. People are like, oh, fucking, uh, what is it? Titanfall's dead. Like, Fuck you. What are you talking about? The servers are still going. Yeah, I understand what you mean. I only use the term yeah. dead game to mean like, <laughs> you know, a game that nobody's actually paying any attention to, you know, because yeah. you wouldn't, you know, you, you wouldn't put that much uh, faith in a game that had a couple of hundred players as an esport. Mm. It'd have to be a big game that everybody's playing. Yeah. One of the other shows that I publish is uh, I, I do the production for is Doom is Dead podcast. And mm. it's with a question mark at the end. And it's supposed to be sarcastic. Like my, my friend, uh, Human Bones, who runs the show, he came up with that name. It's, it's supposed to be like, oh, you're saying Doom is Dead, but check out all this amazing shit we're doing. 
But every, I swear every time I post it, there's at least one jackass is like, huh, sounds like clickbait. Doom's not dead. Like, and then they, and they immediately go to like, look at the Doom Eternal. And I'm like, that's not what the fuck we're talking about either. <laughs> terrible marketing. I get that. Uh, do, you, do you play multiplayer like PvP games at all? Uh, yeah, occasionally. Um, I've recently been playing that Valheim. That's a really good game. Mm. It's a really good game. I've been playing that with a friend from a Discord I frequent. Uh, double tap gaming and um yeah it's a really good co-op game but it's not it's not overly competitive i'd say it's like uh, MMO, right? yeah it's, a... it's sort of co-op adventure style game but as much as i hate to have to admit it i do play the call of duty games you know there's nothing wrong with that yeah man. i know i you're enjoying it i don't know i used to really enjoy them you know back during the ps3 era I really, really liked them back then, and I sort of like fell off the Call of Duty train when Ghosts came out, and then got back into it with the later Black Ops, and I was like, um, it, it's like, I don't know whether I love it or hate it right now, it's really difficult. But yeah, I do play a few competitive shooters, um, I still occasionally check back in with PUBG every now and then to see mm-hmm. what's going on with that. Um, I haven't played Counter-Strike in years. <laughs> um, I used to love playing Counter-Strike. I played it on the PS3 too. Though. That was the thing. Like I, <laughs> I didn't even know that there was like a huge world like esport type thing. I was just like, oh, this is all free on the PlayStation. Check that out. Definitely. I, um, there is a game that I'm featuring in this latest episode of um, Rainbow Shooters, and I'm trying to find it now. We'll we'll, we'll uh. Eventually, we'll get done with all the other shit, and we'll talk about the Boomer Shooter stuff. Yeah, no worries, man. Um, <laughs> terrible host. <laughs> Yeah, uh, it's a game called Dark Data, mm. and um, it's yes. still in very like early access. It's only a multiplayer sort of like preview against bots. That game looks fun. Looks hella fun, and I, like I have style. yeah, I've suggested to um, Zach and um, Jake that perhaps when the game comes out in a playable form, we could maybe get like server nights. Mm-hmm. You know, where we just get loads of people from the one m one discord and just have a blast playing that i think you're in a great position to do stuff like that we you know have struggled with that for years uh mm. within the keep because it's like uh there, there's so many different you know we play like mostly arena shooters so like mm. war for work that kind of stuff and for uh, i'll just speak personally because it's like every other day uncle had is hit, pitching like hey man let's get together and do like a fucking uh i don't know like blood blood bath night and i'm like that sounds fucking terrible. I'm going to be honest with you. <laughs> I'm not going to spend my Friday night playing blood multiplayer. But if, if you can reach a wide enough audience and you guys, like E1M1 has grown so fast. It's mm. so beautiful to see. And if you're like, Hey, you know, game of the week kind of thing, I, that would be fucking really cool. I think a lot of people would tune in for it. Yeah. Uh, I joined them. Not entirely sure when, just before the first round of magazines went out. Mm-hmm. And, um, I'm like the top tier back of then. I'm one below the top now because the top one involves the first three magazines getting sent out again. And I've already got them, so I don't need another copy of them. <laughs> but yeah, um, everyone there has been lovely to me. You know, they've all shared their words of support and wisdom in my videos, which is great because that's what I need. I need a community of people to tell me what's going well about my videos and what's not. Yeah. Yeah, because otherwise I have no idea what I'm doing. 
or you or you end up in an echo chamber where people mm. just say yes and like oh you're great or or the opposite on you just read the comments and it's like you suck fuck you yeah nerd nobody plays these games you're terrible yeah the when i was in types. high school and college i definitely got a fair amount of that <laughs> um it's a another challenge that i've seen you kind of facing you sort you were tweeting like you kept having like different uh technical issues like my microphone and like that mm. kind of shit like What's that challenge been like? Because I did notice like the change in mic quality from like video one to two and three. Yeah, um, um, I'm not entirely sure. I use Audacity, and um, it began to sort of play up on me. I had an old headset, I had a Razer headset, and um, it wouldn't recognize it half the time. And then I changed to a Logitech tracking. one. Yeah, I, I, I know. I, what the, I'll tell you about what the issue is after this. <laughs> No ways. I changed the Logitech one, and it seems to recognize it most of the time, but occasionally it has issues. I do have a, a desktop microphone here, which I do use most of the time for my Boomshoot videos, but it's whether or not it will pick that one up, because Audacity just seems to be very hit and miss as to whether or not it wants to actually recognize my equipment. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I get that. It's... I still use Audacity for editing, like that's mm. that's it. But I don't I don't really record. If it's a solo cast, I'll I'll record myself on Audacity. But just like if making video content and trying to like double record all this stuff, like I just break out OBS and do it all in one take. Typically, mm. um, I haven't done a video in a long. I don't like the process of making like game reviews. Like I, I admire what people like you know you and Civi and all because like, that's a fucking shit show. It's just. <laughs> terrible it's not an enjoyable process and i think civi's got like a an editor katie right like she actually does that for him so good for him but (laughs) yeah what what is uh what what keeps you wanting to do that shit honestly um i don't really know um it's it's like i've started now and it's a bit too late to stop um but i guess you know I do it because I really like these games and I want other people to see these games and to give them a try, you know, because I know that boomer shooters are a very niche genre and I tell a lot of people about them. They're like, oh no, I've never heard of them before. And I'm like, well, if I can do this and I can get a video that becomes popular and get people to actually check out these games, then maybe these games can reach a wider audience. I would theorize that it's mutually beneficial because, I mean, you're in a, a sort of niche market, which for some reason, I guess the, the YouTube God of algorithm uh, saw fit to bestow you with some sort of blessing here. But the, as, as you grow, mm-hmm. these games will also grow. And as you grow, your, your audience will find, you know, uh, it's not unreasonable to think like they, they see you and they're like, cause you, you had a great title for the first one. like, you know, retro FPS, like, what is this? And, people see that and they're like, what is that? You know, they join in and they're like, okay. And you're the first person who's ever told them about this stuff. Mm. So then they subscribe and then they tell their friends. And then I'm thinking that kind of losing my train of thought here. I'm thinking <laughs> that the people who joined in at the beginning, right? Like that they are following you from that. get You're their first influence on that. They will kind of seek out more things like it. So mm-hmm. you're not, as you said, you're like, okay, so hopefully my videos will get these games to be more popular. Simultaneously, as those games become more popular, that should reciprocate back down to you. Yeah, I would hopefully. <laughs> I, I, so. I think I very poorly worded how I was going to get there, but as I said, I've been awake for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
yeah, um, that's the goal, I guess, isn't it? Growth in the end. But if I can grow my channel and get more people on side with these games and help a lot of these studios that are they're not doing great in terms of money. Like in my most recent Boomershoot video, a lot of these studios have been really affected by, you know, the states of the world currently. What was it Hell Hellbound? Um uh, no, not Hellbound. It was um trying to think now. Um I feel morally obligated to figure out what it was. <laughs> uh Scar was one of them. Scar yeah, okay. Scar was the one that came to mind because they yeah. had put it out into the realms deep discord before they went public mm. and gun gods as well um yeah he got sued right like he got some like legal issues going on the studio um, behind that um they didn't get sued themselves no they tried to sue somebody else for basically stealing an app game they had oh. uh, they uploaded a game to the ios store and somebody basically just took it and re-uploaded it themselves and was profiting from it. And so they tried to, you know, go the legal route to sort that out. And they had like about six or seven projects on the line and all of it just caved in on top of them. That's fucking terrible, man. Mm. But like I say, with the state of the world currently, it's very difficult for anybody to get anything done. Yeah, everyone's, everyone's working from home and, you know, nobody has actual time to go to their offices and coordinate properly and it i can see it's having a bit of a strain on a lot of the studios that i'm covering all right i'm gonna I, i'm not this is not me sounding harsh this is me playing the devil's advocate hmm. but let, let's take scar for example because i know like, it's a much simpler issue with them like a, okay so pandemic hit and we're unable to really work on the project the way we want to we're not able to get content out and the money's stopped flowing and so that's put them at basically a standstill. Mm -hmm. um, now, with that said, one could make the argument of like, if you learn how to work remotely, because we're assuming this is a relative, how many people are on their team? It's six. Yeah. Something We've, like that. That's what I said. Yeah. So like, look at new blood, right? They're all remote. Nobody mm -hmm. lives in the same city. Right. And they pump out, you know, I don't need to spell out what new blood is published. Like it's incredible. Yeah, and very good games here pretty soon. And so then the argument is like, well, how come they're able to do this remotely? And then this is such a big problem for you. Like, I don't mean that myself. Like I get it. It's difficult, mm. but I, I get exactly what you're trying to say. Yeah. Um, but I guess, you know, new blood is a publisher on a, and they have several, different little divisions they're working on various games many of them are solo developers for example but they have they... the most interesting business model ever by the way like... yeah i know uh i swear dave hates money <laughs> but i i really like that that um you know they'll release games and they'll sell them reasonably cheap and then they'll always have deals and offers and specials yeah i like that because it shows that you don't need to constantly charge you know I would use the American term $60, for example, every every game, every year, to break even. You really don't. You can sell games quite cheap and still make a decent profit. It's, it's a term... It's a matter of, like, how much do you invest in it, mm. right? Like, I, I've got to be totally clear. Like, I'm not some fucking successful businessman. I just, like, have been looking into this a lot lately because I like making money. Unlike Dave Oshry, I like money. Um <laughs> 
to a certain, to a certain degree. And it seems pretty straightforward, like invest less than what you think you can make. And mm. then hopefully it works out. And then in his case, like, you know, dusk was a monumental success. Amazing. And then, okay. So we can take some dusk money and invest it over here. And then like, so you're constantly playing that game of like, uh, okay, if I take on Gloomwood and I put this much money into it, how much can I make? And I, I don't know what exactly the math that's going on in Dave's head is, but like <laughs> what we're dealing with, with uh, these indie or more indie projects, no publisher, no, like, no like pre-existing capital is they're just straight up taking a risk. They have no idea what they're going to make. Right. Mm-hmm. Like off of this. So the, the more money that in time they put into it, uh, the worse it looks. So I say all that to kind of bring it forth the, the idea that I have been quoting a lot recently. It was the smart model, which is set up your goals in such a way that they're like obtainable, right? Like yes. That's definitely. A and smart is attainable. Uh, <laughs> is it, t- can it be done in a certain amount of time? And when you give yourself like an infinite amount of time to do something like, okay, well then when will it be done? And that comes back to what you and I were talking about earlier uh, with the, I, we will look back at our, stuff that we put out before and like, man, I should have you know done something differently, but like you don't need to make the best fucking game in the world. The first time you just need to make a profit so that you can reinvest it back into mm. your actual. Definitely. Yeah. But one thing I would say that works well in uh new blood's favor, for example, is they, I'm not hundred percent sure, but they strike me as the type of publishers that don't have, you know, churning one investors that are pumping big amounts of money into their, you know, their licenses. And then getting disappointed if something doesn't perform as well. Like, for example, with EA. Because EA have to make all that money to keep all their investors happy. And same with Activision and Bethesda and Ubisoft. All these big AAA publishers are constantly trying to just appease their, their stakeholders. But yes. with a studio like New Blood, it's just Dave and a couple of his friends trying to pump out some stuff. And it's great. It works really well. But you're saying, you know, we, we joke around that... Uh, Dave hates money, but have you seen his house? It's a real nice place. At the very, like, right first week of, like, okay, everybody, there's a pandemic, and, like, okay. And then he publishes this video where it's just, like, him, and it looks like, I think he's got a glass of, like, gin or something, and he's in a bathrobe, and it's just this beautiful panel glass in the background with the beach and shit yes and he's just like time like this these times are hard and we're new blood is gonna be here for our customers <laughs> like, I, I mean it was hilarious and i know he was like really good-hearted about it but it was like man do you not see the irony in this shit oh definitely <laughs> like we hate money i'm like okay <laughs> clearly yeah his dog's cute though uh, he's got a cute dog yeah and yeah. I, I enjoy it being able to speculate on stuff because I have no stake in that really. <laughs> mm, I get what you mean. I, I uh, guess uh, to get back on track. Yeah. Okay. So with, with the idea that like, okay, these indie developers are struggling to figure out a way to how, you know, how do we continue to make our game uh, still playing that devil's advocate? I'm like, okay, well, what can you do? And there's obvious ideas like, okay, can we crowdfund it? Um, can we, or, you know, can we find a publisher that's willing to invest some money in it? And that, that that's a whole different fucking can of worms. Cause it's like, okay, uh, we, we found a publisher, but they want to fuck us in the ass. I'm like, well, that well, don't go that route. Uh, I just see, I see so many different opportunities and different ways for them to make money to reinvest mm. in their project that I, then 
you might look back and say like, okay, if you are struggling, like it's okay to struggle sometimes, but if you are like really struggling that bad and you can't, you haven't tried all of these different routes to get where you want to go, then I have a hard time accepting that like, okay, well then why should I care? And you know what I'm saying? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, I mean, I want to see these games be successful, but I can't invest in every fucking Patreon that comes out. I can't invest in every Kickstarter. Like that's exactly. just not humanly possible. So what are you selling me? What are, What is your product offering me that I can't get somewhere else? Um, I guess, I don't know. It's very difficult, man. And mm. I say all that, I have to keep reiterating. Like I, I want nothing more. Oh, than definitely. Yeah. There are many games that I have covered so far that I have loved. And I've got games listed on my list to, to cover that for the most part look amazing, but there are a few on there that are on like itch.io because they haven't managed to get the steam, you know, they've managed to get any uh, ability to publish on steam and they don't look as good, which, you know, just goes to show that it's as much about your passion as it is your ability to publish a game. Yeah, I think it's definitely about your passion. It's it's also a matter of like, let's just look at my my own situation here. Like, so as a podcaster, right? I could just say like, all right, I am just gonna do Spotify, right? Like, some people will try that, hmm. and I'll say like, uh, it doesn't make sense for for me personally. And I, luckily, I realized this very very early on. I'm like, that doesn't make any fucking sense to just be on. Like, I need to be available to like as many hum- people as humanly possible, and it, and it needs to be easy. It should never be blaming the cust the consumer for not being able to find it i should do everything in my power to figure that out um so like and as an example like youtube is probably the number one place where people listen to the show uh, hmm. i know why that is because youtube everybody has youtube right yeah easy uh but i also have my issues with youtube like i don't i don't like sitting down and editing the fucking video number <laughs> one I don't, I don't like having two separate uh routes for checking my statistics like i have many different reasons that make me not want to use YouTube, but I think it would be stupid not to. So then, uh, and I get, there's a initial financial investment you know, you got to pay a hundred dollars basically to get a game on steam. You could raise a hundred dollars. Like anybody could do that. Assuming they're not in like a shit life situation. Like if you live in a third world country and $300 is crazy or, you know, a hundred dollars is crazy. But if you're, you know, let's say you own a PC and you live in a fucking first world country, you could go suck a dick, you know, one night, of your life and then <laughs> get a hundred dollars and sell your game. If it really means that much to you, I'm not Definitely. suggesting anyone do that, but I mean, like <laughs> if you're really, truly passionate about it, you're going to seek out every single Avenue, every opportunity. Mm. And that point points me back to what I was saying is like, I, uh, I'm always like skeptical of like new podcast apps. Like, okay, how much work do I have to put in to get it onto this app? Mm. Um, so like for instance, Apple, which is probably the most important one is the most pain in the ass really to get your show on. It, Definitely. it takes the longest to fill out a lot more information and they have the most demands of you, like in terms of your, your formatting and is it explicit, all this kind of shit. Um, but recently I got onto a service called Ghana, which is, I had no idea it existed, but apparently it is like the Spotify of India and there's a fuckload of people in India. And it turns out <laughs> there's a fuckload of people in India who really like boomer shoes. Oh, wow. Okay. That, so it's that's like, a bit of a shock. <laughs> it's like, um, not, not in the keep, but my other two shows I produce, it's mm-hmm. like already number one for them. And then I think wow. it's number two, number two region in the world that listens to in the keep India after the United States. Yeah. 
fucking insanity. I'm like, it is. True. So then yeah. I say all that to say, like, I, I would assume these indie guys just have to f- fucking figure out who their audience is. And the same thing hmm. applies to you. Like, you figure out who your audience is, wherever they are, do everything you can to expose yourself, and they will come. You know, Definitely. build it and they will come. I think that was uh, Jesus Christ, if I remember his name, said that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's a very true uh, statement. Um, but as you were saying about, was it, um, for example, you know, we're trying to work out what the best platform to send your podcast to. You see a lot of, a lot of uh, studios doing the same thing, but making the same mistake. You know, they're like, oh, I'm not going to go to Steam because they charge 30% cut. I'm going to release on Epic and have a year exclusivity. Like, release it on both. That way you get people from both, you know both camps that are coming in buying your game you're just making loads and loads of money and sitting on it that's fine it's like oh yeah fuck steam they take 30 percent of the profit i'm like yeah but they're the biggest platform which you'll reach the mm. most people that way and two 70 percent of your game being sold to more people than it you know mm. is it's always more than zero anything is more than zero so, exactly even if it was a couple of pence it's still more than yeah. than nothing and for these big studios that $300 charge to get your game listed on Steam is nothing. Yeah. You know, you, you put 300 you to it games. and you get several thousand back. Sorry. No, I'm yammering on today. I'm, I'm like, <laughs> hopped up on coffee and shit. So I apologize. If we can no have you back on later when I'm like tired and you can just talk the whole time too. I was just going to say like, I'm not diminishing the work that is done to make a game, but it's like, you're, you're not coal miners on a union strike. You don't need hmm. to stick it to Steam. They're your, they're your most valuable asset. Definitely. 30% seems like a lot, but again, like I said, 70% is more than none. You know, if you, if you just put it on Epic and you get just those sales, that's fine, but like put it on Steam and itch. And uh, if you can get on what is it, GOG, like all this yeah. stuff, like whatever you can do. I mean, I <sighs> can understand the difficulty, like especially with people that are coming new to PC gaming. There's so many different um, launches. You've got Steam, mm-hmm. you've got Epic, you've got GOG, you've got Origin, you've got Uplay, um, Bethesda Launcher and Rockstar Launcher. You know, none of these are really needed. You can you can cope with one, but I can see how difficult it is for many studios. And a lot of these, you know, these publishers that have their own launcher, you can publish it on your own launcher, but you can also publish it on Steam and get income from two places. And I don't understand why so many publishers are against doing that well i mean their investors look at the bottom line and say like okay well how come we're losing 30 percent of the profit there and they're like um well because the way we distribute it is like well can we do that ourselves well i suppose we could but i mean and they're like, no, no 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 go get that extra 30 percent. like here's a little uh, not enough money go build our own launcher put it on our <laughs> website and and you know, and then it ends up being a subpar product, and, and mm, so on and so forth. Definitely. But it's the same problem you see with like uh, streaming services. Like you know, look at uh, Netflix was original, you know, like the, the OG, and then you know, all the other companies are like, oh, how can we break into that market? So then you know, Netflix and Hulu. All right, I'm still paying less than cable. All right, I can mm-hmm, I can definitely. balance that. And then Cascades now, Disney app, HBO, like all just they're just going to flood us, and and they're going to make it exclusive so that you have to buy all the different ones or. Or you're going to have to pick, okay, I'm going to miss out on all this content because I just want to see this. Which is exactly the same problem everyone had with paying for cable. (laughs) 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because um, you can you can buy a certain package and then you'll miss out on all the sports and you'll miss out on all the films, but you'll have all the TV and then you know, you'll have to pay extra and extra. And then people, you know, they've gone to YouTube, they've gone to Netflix, and then there's Amazon, there's Disney, there's so many more that are there, and it it just becomes a massive clusterfuck of trying to watch what content you want. At least Amazon Prime has all these other great benefits behind it. Like it hmm. like Amazon Prime video is not the reason to get Amazon Prime, right? Like so it's just like an added bonus. Plus yeah. they have a lot of really great content. I mean, I really liked uh The Man in the High Castle, like that kind of shit. But yeah, I quite like that myself. But but you know, with CBS All Access is like they're they're trying to take everything. Like so like the office went to that and like that's gonna get a huge amount of people. But I'm like, okay, so are you gonna like pay for another i have to pay for another fucking service like no not doing it goodbye office see you later <laughs> and it comes back to games it's the same way i mean some people are just like i'm not buying a game if it's not on gog period okay mm. as a developer what what decision do you make do you miss out on that whole market or do you just put in a little bit of extra effort to get it on there it's not that fucking i've done it like it's not that fucking hard but mm. well, i suppose it also depends on the amount of voices that are saying that opinion so you know if you're looking at steam and you're looking at your own launcher and you think to yourself if i don't publish to steam there's going to be you know 70 percent of the people that would buy it wouldn't pick it up because it wouldn't be available on steam and if i mm-hmm. look at my launcher there'd be about 20 percent of people that wouldn't buy it because it wouldn't be on my launcher mm-hmm. so you've got to try and work out where the most money is you know yeah i mean the it- it's back to the investment argument. Like mm. it's not just money. It's like, okay, how much of my time is this particular task worth? Sometimes it's how much is it worth right now? You know, maybe it'll be worth it later. So, you know, for the people who are just publishing on itch, you know, I get that like, cool. And if, if your aspiration is just to make an indie game, publish it and be done, like you're not trying to be a fucking millionaire. It's a great place to do it. Mm. And you get it like, you, I mean, you can take a hundred percent of the profit on itch. I believe like it, it's, I think they ask for 10, but it's like, you get to choose. You can give them 100% of your game if you want. And they that's amazing that they're able to do, I don't even know how they're able to sustain the servers doing that, but. Definitely. It reminds me of Humble Bundle. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because they give out what they claim to be several hundred dollars of games every month for the price of $12. You can cancel anytime. You can keep the games for as long as you want. I'm always confused as to how that works. <sighs> I mean, I don't know how originally, like, you know, Humble Bundle wasn't always just games. Like, they were doing this with comic. They still do. Mm. I mean, like, there's all kinds of other things you can get on there. But I think that they built a platform on, you know, we take things that we can get in bulk, right? Like, surplus, kind of the Costco sort of thing. And uh, you guys have Costco in the UK? We do, yes. Okay. So, and then, you know, they built enough capital in the beginning to like, okay, we've built a huge platform. And then now it's like beneficial for our, you know, for people to put their stuff on there because it's like, okay, well people, it'll be exposed. You know, people will find it. They'll, you know, I'll get something out of it. Um, I assume that's how it works. Like it can't, it can't have just been like, well, we're just going to give shit away for free and hope people give us free shit. Like that's unlikely, mm. uh, especially not the scale they're doing it. Yeah. I have noticed that a lot of the games that are on humble have been on sale uh, you know, maybe that month, maybe a month prior or two months prior. And so I'm guessing that's how they managed to get so many keys for the game. Yeah. 
Yeah. Or, you know, or like I said, the artist just is like, Hey, you know, like we'll throw some shit on humble bottle. And, you know, if somebody gets it on humble bottle like you, right. And then you're Mm. like, you make a great video about it. And then the sale goes away on humble bottle. And then they're like, Oh, where can I get this steam? All right. Definitely. We just maximized our, you know, it does, does seem to be, you know, I've never seen a new, new release on humble bundle. It's always games that have been out Mm -hmm. for a few months and perhaps the sales are dying off on it. So I reckon it might be a way to, boost the sales back up from word of mouth throw some wood on the fire see what happens. yeah keep the embers burning <laughs> yeah i guess so um yeah i'm just really excited to see what the next few months bring in terms of games because there's a lot of you know boomer shooters that are scheduled to release a lot mm-hmm. of uh, you know big boomer shooters as well that i'm really interested in so i mean i First of all, I just point people like go to Papa Show's channel, watch his videos, see what he's into. But we're pushing the hour mark here, and mm-hmm. it'd be remiss if we didn't talk about what games you're really looking forward to. Because there's okay. you, you get some strong opinions in the videos, like oh, this is like fucking awesome. Like the, this one, I don't know, I couldn't spend a lot of time on it. But what what are like the ones that you're like? These are I, I want to shine a light on these for mm-hmm. you. Um, well, the games that I have been quite excited for. Um, pardon me one second. I've got a list somewhere. <laughs> I, I I like to do it with lists. Um, there's one that um I was made aware of from the UNM one. It's called Caesar's Revenge, and it's a game about uh well, you're a Roman, and I I think you are Caesar, and. You just have to go murder a lot of Roman soldiers <laughs> with swords, bows and arrows. You get uh, some weird flamethrower. It's pretty cool. It, it just looks like a really interesting game because, of course, I myself am really quite into history. And so, <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, I figure, you know, that's a very interesting time in history is the death of Caesar and the fall of Rome. And so being able to play a game that's loosely based around it really intrigues me and um with fallen angels as well that's um Mm -hmm. a game that has been picked up by um fallen aces now yeah fallen aces now yes uh new blood picked that one up again i quite like you know tales about the mafia you know i've played the mafia trilogy loved it uh watched sopranos and you know all stuff like that goodfellas i really like yeah, mafia-based media because it's just interesting, and so Fallen Angels is another game that's really quite intriguing to me because I get to you know shoot people <laughs> as a mafioso. It's really quite interesting. Um, I'm looking forward to the new Postal Brain Damaged when that comes out. Um, <laughs> yeah, I have no idea really if it's going to be good because uh, Postal Four so far been a bit. Underwhelming. I know it's still in development, but yeah, needs needs a lot of work. Well, let's break that down. What what is it we're not we're not digging about Postal Force so far? Well, obviously it's the incomplete, somewhat buggy nature of it, and I get it's still in early access. The game is not finished. It's a running with scissors title, first of all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah, it it doesn't seem to play too well doesn't play too nicely with my computer at the minute and i have a you know decent rig um 
at the minute it doesn't quite seem optimized yet and so i can give it a few months it might be i know they're still adding in the days and the playable levels stuff like that that's fine it's you know take your time but i do believe they maybe should have waited before publishing it as the game is in a very incomplete state at the minute i mean this is another wheelhouse we could go down with like okay how do developers make money and a lot of the time it's like okay well, mm. the surest way for us to make money is to do early access and let people kind of be part of it and play test it and give us feedback. And meanwhile, we have a revenue stream. Um, in running with scissors case, I, I know that to be a fact because Mike Jay's like, yeah, we, were, so we just kind of had to go early access. Definitely the best route for us from a business standpoint. Um, and I agree. Like it's like every other title they've ever published. It's fucking rough around the edges, man. Like for sure. It's mm. po- I'm glad I played Postal 2 in 2020 and not when it came out because I'm sure it was even worse, more dog shit than it currently is. And I, I love Postal 2. It's like one Postal of my favorite games. Great. But yeah, like, that's just kind of the situation they're in. Now with mm. Brain Damage, it's kind of a different deal. It's not running with Scissors Studios like making that game, right? They've mm-hmm. hired a development team who has a great track record. And I'm... I get like the apprehension of first of all, this is what we've grown to expect from new blood. And also the last time that they let someone do some shit with their IP, it was like a disaster. Yeah. Postal three was not good. (laughs) I think brain damage is a, based on the smart model. It's like, here's the, you know, we got a budget, we got a time frame. They're doing all the things right to Mm. hopefully have a fantastic game. Obviously I have a lot of faith in it. So, of course, yeah. Uh, another yeah. game I am really excited for, which is not a boomer shooter per se, it's um, just a retro themed game. It's a wrestling title, believe it or not. Uh, Retromania Wrestling, and that is coming out in just under a week now. Uh, I pre ordered it uh, mid 2020, as soon as the pre order went live for it, because it was only, only about $20. And so I, I had to. You know, because it's it's a third of the price of like a normal AAA game. And you what play, about uh, Go Fire Pro? I have yes, but I know this is an overdone joke, and you know it's a bit of a lazy way to critique a game. But I see that as the sort of Dark Souls of wrestling games because it is a very tricky game. You've got to be spot on with your yeah. timing in everything you do, otherwise you're just going to get pummeled. And obviously. Well, I can see the appeal of that to many you know, fans of wrestling games. It's not fun for me because of the amount of like stress that can go into trying to to get a match to go well. Yeah, it's like a very. I agree. Like the Dark Souls of wrestling games is a perfect analogy. Uh, just getting because like, even to play the game effectively, you got to get through the tutorials, which is like forever long. I've um, I've. I got to the tutorial, I started playing through the tutorial and there was bits where it tells you to press a, a button at a certain time and you're pressing it and pressing it and pressing it it's not working, you think to yourself yeah. what am I missing? And I'm sat there for about half an hour just scratching my head, it's like it says press now, pressing it's not doing nothing, <laughs> press now not doing nothing, right okay I'll try it now, not doing nothing, I'm just like right so it's what am I supposed well to do? Optimized, uh, for the PC, like it's a game that assumes you're going to play it with a controller too. So mm. all everything on it, you know, when you go to adjust the settings, is like you're working with controller UI here. Mm-hmm. Uh, so th- maybe they could have taken that into account, and made it a lot better. But this Retromania Wrestling, which I just became aware of right now, surprisingly, <laughs> it's awesome. 
Yeah, it really does. Um, it's set to be the official sequel to 1991's WrestleFest. And uh, yeah, somehow they managed to acquire the rights to that game. And uh, the guy behind it, Mike, he's um, putting he's putting work in for a cabinet, you know, an <laughs> actual arcade cabinet uh, to be made of it, which is amazing. It's super awesome. And, you know, it's what I've wanted from a wrestling game for a while, just an arcade fun beat-em-up experience. Yeah, especially, like, I mean, I'm... I'm done with the WWE forever, but like <laughs> AEW, uh, that what is her name? The referee is a game designer, and apparently mm. she's like heading up the development team to make their game. And I'm assuming Kenny Omega is going to be like heavily involved in what that should be like. So hopefully, whatever they turn mm. out is going to be fucking awesome. Like I've been seeing you know snippets and previews of uh, the AEW game, and that strikes me as interesting. It really does. But one thing that bugs me is no matter how many times I've asked the question, they have not answered whether or not it's going to be on PC. It looks like <laughs> it is going to be console exclusive, which hurts, yeah. but sure thing, whatever, I guess. And like you said, I, I don't watch the product on telly anymore for WWE. I do occasionally check in with AEW, but I haven't watched the actual WWE in a while. I must have been about what, 16, 17, the last time I really you know, checked in to see what was going on. But I haven't followed it in a long time. I just like the games. <laughs> <laughs> I feel the same way about them as I do with Star Wars now. It's like mm. it's like this old girlfriend that like, you know, I have a lot of fond memories with, but you know, we've both grown apart. We're just she's got new friends and Definitely. they like her and it just wasn't meant to be. <laughs> like <laughs> Yeah, it's like sort of reminiscing about your old crush that you're thinking to yourself, damn, you know. Yeah. But life life was good then, you know. And then you think, since then, oofed. Yeah, she's she's popular. She's with the popular kids now, and yeah, just not. <laughs> yeah, here I am sat in my chair. Yeah, I I don't know. I love. I've always loved pro wrestling. So I hmm. just this is interesting stuff. Like I didn't. I I didn't even know that there was another game coming out. I can't wait to check that out, man. <laughs> On the wish list now. Definitely good. Good. So. Uh, is there was there any more to your like upcoming like ideas of what what could be really cool games or um not really no um I have a a big list of upcoming um yeah boomer shooters for example um all of them look interesting but of course I kind of want to um you know experience it for the first time when it comes out and then you know hopefully add them to the yeah. boomer shooter list. Uh, one game that does look quite interesting, but also quite bizarre, is um, Fashion Police Squad. If you've <laughs> seen anything of that. Uh, I, get, I think the first thing you said when we started talking was like, uh, you know, don't write something off because it doesn't look like it's for you necessarily. But mm, that's, yeah. I'll, I'll wait and see what the general yeah. consensus Because that, that game definitely does seem bizarre. Um, mm. It's based a lot around, you know, fashion and it seems to have quite a few I don't want to get, you know, political but a lot of uh, homosexual elements, stuff like that. And yeah, you know, it, it it seems interesting to say the least. And you know, just to check it out and see see what it's about. It might be entertaining, it might be amusing, you know, it might be slightly overly politically charged. I'll give it a chance. I'll see what it's like, you know, of course I'll feature it in a boomer shooter review when it comes out. God knows when that'll be. Because that—that's the problem with 
my series at the minute is I'm covering games roughly as quickly as they're coming out, and that's a problem <laughs> at the minute because while I'm making decent headway through the ones that are out currently, yeah. I'm getting to that stage, you know, where I've got the list going, and I'm thinking to myself, once I get to like you know episode six or seven, what am I gonna do? There's like no more titles. I don't know. I'm lucky in that I only, you know, I do a podcast a week, so I can't possibly capture everyone, you know, and I can't mm. possibly talk everyone into being on the show in the first place. Like I wrote was one. I was just like, I really, really want to talk to this guy and I just can't get him to like respond to anything. I mean, like, he, you know, he's on Twitter, but like he's, he just doesn't message people. He's one of those, uh, from what I can tell, very, you know, like reserved. I don't, I don't do this whole thing, which mm. is fine. But such an interesting title. So like, I have to accept like, that's probably not going to happen right now. And that's okay. But yeah, I don't envy your situation at all. And it's also like, you're, you're doing these kind of bulk interviews or sorry, videos right now. Like, mm. I mean, at some point just slow it down, like take your time and do a whole fucking one game review video and do the next one, the next week, space it out a bit. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. That's one thing I was thinking about, but when I did my first, uh, retro FPS video, I was originally thinking of just covering one game, one game, one game. Then I realized myself, you know, after I write write about it, I'm like, this is only about three minutes of voice recording. What am I going to do? <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I just had the idea. I was like, no, shove them all into one video. Yeah. Just cover the, you know, the genre as a whole. And that's, you know, sort of how it's started. Do you do you force yourself to play things that you absolutely just are not enjoying at all for the sake of like saying you covered it? No. Um I will give every game a try and I obviously I have many games on the list that I don't know about 100% you know I haven't really seen that much in terms of content. I'll mm-hmm. give every game a go and I will play enough of it to you know give a sound judgment. I know in like Boomshare episode two, a lot of my footage is from like the first level or first levels because of course I start recording as soon as I load up the game. And then it's a case of I will play through it as much as I can, as much as I can get through in a reasonable time. Mm-hmm. And then I'll write about it and then start working on the video. But it tends to just be the first little bits of the video that get into the actual <coughs> video itself because that's the first recording I did. You know, it's where I know most of the footage is. Yeah. I'm um, trying to brainstorm like how, how, or what are you going to do? Cause there does seem to be a point where you're going to like, all right, I've covered everything. I mean, I guess there's always going to be like revisiting the titles that were originally like demos or early access. And then you're mm-hmm. like, all right, now, now we'll take a look at the whole thing. I all suppose. Right, maybe, maybe, I suppose if I run out of modern boomer shooters, I can always go back to the originals and talk about those. You know? So I can talk about Doom, Wolfenstein, Quake. I know that's that's something that's been done to death, but I could do my own little spoof of my series, I guess. It's like Civi's whole thing is mm. essentially like I'm going to force myself through an extremely unenjoyable process so that you don't have to and for yes. your entertainment but that's the uh, problem is i see yeah. i see civi i see g-man 
And the one thing I really don't want is for people to look at me and go, oh, you're just copying those two. Because that's not what I intend to do. Of course, I do like the two of them. I do watch their content. Yeah. But I don't want it to seem like I'm just trying to be those people. Well, like, how do, how do, what flavor do I bring to the table? Like, what new niche do I fill or whatever? Like, I totally understand that. Because, hmm. I mean, it could, I bring them up a lot because currently they're like, they're the sources that most people kind of find out about this stuff from, at least, you know, in terms of YouTube videos and shit like that. Um, but then you find other people like my friend, I, I'm pretty good friends with Vince Steele and he like has his own fucking thing on it. Like he has these insane videos where it's like uh, he's playing through a game and then he like ends up talking to his fucking psychologist or whatever. Who's like picking <laughs> apart, you know, his character. Like, so like, why do you stay up all night making and he like breaks the fourth wall with it, you know? And like, that's his, that's his gimmick and it works. It's like fucking like, this is incredible content, man. I wish more people knew about him hmm. and hopefully they will find out, but yeah, like finding a new way to present it is very, very difficult, but also like, I, I don't know, like where do you go from the point that you're at? I don't know. Definitely. Do you, do you have any ideas? Like, <laughs> At the minute, I'm open to anything, I guess. It's just <laughs> taking each day as it comes, I suppose. Well, do you like, uh, do you like you know, the bulk videos? Just strictly do like early access or demos, and like that way you could just knock them all out quickly, and then you're like, all right, these are all the upcoming ones. And then as they come out or you know, when you have a game that is a full release game, just dedicate more time to it. Maybe mm, that's, definitely. That's a, maybe that's a route worth going. That's on. a solid idea. It's just when it comes to these games, obviously – with boomer shooters, I know there are many that are trying to do a bit more and, you know, be a bit more. Yeah. But the premise of a boomer shooter is very simple, isn't it? It's just you are a pissed off dude, you have a gun, there's enemies, have a blast. But it can be so much more. It can be, and yeah. I, I pray it is for many of these games, but that is the basic premise of a boomer shooter, and many games follow that as at least their their blueprint, their foundation. And so oh, yeah. I couldn't write too much on many of these games because there's not that much distinguishing them from each other. They're all yeah. similar games. And so that's why I've lumped them all together really. There's a balance between, you know, like defining what you do and also leaving yourself open to grow or change if you need to, right? Like definitely. Use their, you know, Metallica, right? Their first four albums are kind of like, all right, this is what we do. And then they start changing it up and then people get upset. They're like, what the fuck? What is this? Is it you're like, you know, isolating your fans here, man? What the? But then they hit, you know, we're able to reach a much bigger audience. I, you're, who is it? Whatever way you go on that isn't important. But so, like, I have an issue myself with like, I don't want to be defined as like the retro FPS thing. Like, mm. I get that that's been very successful for me and it worked, it's working and I, and I like it. Like I, I wouldn't play these games if I didn't absolutely love them, but I don't want to cut myself off from, you know, something like, uh, like Gloomwood, right. It's mm. still a first person shooter, but it's, it's a, an immersive sim, I guess it, it's a different wave of kind of recreating the past. Like, mm. all right, so we've done Doom, we've done Quake. Uh, what's next? Deus Ex, you know, system shock, like, and then, as time goes on it'll be more and more like that like i don't want to just be known for boomer shooters retro fps games i know that's what my series is called 
but I am covering games that branch out from the simple, you know, boomer shooter uh, floor plan, basically. Like, one game I've got in this list for the episode that I've done, I've uh, done the script for it, is Dismantled, if you've heard of that. Mm-hmm. It's, um, I, don't, I don't know how to describe it. It's sort of, it's a first-person horror game. It's very heavily inspired by Resident Evil and games like that. It's really quite interesting because it, it goes for the whole, you know, retro aesthetic. It's a game made in GZ Doom. And it's really impressive. And of course, you know, I'm not going to spoil too much about it because I've done a big thing about it in this video that I'm doing. But uh, yeah, it's really quite interesting and it's different. It's not like all the other games I've covered so far. Yeah, and as we said, like the, the market becomes saturated. So like, mm. let's say I'm a, I'm a new game developer and I'm like, all right, I want to make a game. And you're like, okay, you're going to make a boomer shooter. Well, you know, three years ago, if you'd done that and you were good at it, it would have been like one of five relevant games. Um, yeah. Now it is, it has become a genre. I mean, realms deep really did a lot for this, but definitely now it's like, okay, well, you can make a whole magazine on this topic. So if you're selling me a, a boomer shooter now, as opposed to three years ago, now I need to know what, what, like, is this even worth my fucking time to yeah. look at? You know, like, and, and that's not to say I'm like writing it off from the beginning, just because it doesn't have the best X, Y, or Z. It's just like, what are you trying to give me that's different and new hmm, that I can't get anywhere um, else? Yeah. So I don't know. Like, it, it's hard. Uh, like, Scar, for example, right? Like, what am I getting out of Scar? that I can't get out of a game that I've already played. Like hmm. that's the kind of questions I want them to be like asking themselves as they try to like find a way to monetize their game. Definitely. Yeah. But with my videos, I want people to, you know, look at the games, not just go, what can I get out, out of this that I haven't got out of another game? Because these are, you know, the games based on old games. They look, they look old. Yeah. As a very broad way of, painting them all because you know some of them do look very beautiful with their retro style you know their pixely graphics but you know i don't want people to look at it and go oh that looks like a game i could have played in the 80s that that's anything new you know i want people to actually stop for a second and go oh okay yeah i I can i can see that being a good game that that's one thing that you know i'm trying to bring bring to the limelight is these games all have their own slightly unique selling points. Yeah. I mean, let's look at it like this. Uh, let's say that, you know, you've, you've established a pretty good fan base and your, your folks are watching your videos and they've played wrath. They've played, you know, uh, Ion fury. They've played Duke Nukem doom, all this shit. So like they, they're familiar with the, the genre and they're looking for more games like it. But when you're showing me six things and I've got $20 in my budget for a game this month, which one am I going to pick up? So then I'm like, uh, well, is it going to be this one that I haven't heard of or that one that I haven't heard of? And like, which one looks better? Uh, they're going to look to you, you know, hmm. like based on what you say, like it may be if you say like this one was the most impressive one, maybe that's where they put their money. And I don't know. You're kind of in a, not necessarily a position of power, but <laughs> you'll have that. In, you'll have an influence. It's that's, I guess that's why they call it a, an influencer or social media. I suppose. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, like with my last video um, where I mentioned uh, 
What game were we talking about before? <laughs> Proteus. I mentioned that as probably being the highlight of that video because it was, in my opinion, the best of the bunch. Yeah. But I still enjoyed all the games from that yeah, that listing. And so I'll put them all in. I tend to put, you know, one of the better games in the list towards the end. Not for, you know, the YouTuber reasons of oh yeah, watch through the whole twenty minute video to get good stuff type thing, but you know, so that people actually give all the games that aren't as good a chance. Check it out and go, hmm. That might not be everything I'm looking for, but it, it's got a few things that I'm liking. It's bringing to the table something that I want to, you know, want to pick up with a button down. Have you have you done White Hell yet? No, it is in my list. Um, it's currently in its demo stage, though, isn't it? Or is it out now? It is still, it is still just a demo. Currently. Yeah, I've got it as one of the games I want to cover. Um, and rather funnily, um, when I first saw White Hell, I genuinely thought that it was. Um, I didn't quite understand the the premise of it. I thought that it was. Um, have you ever heard of the White Death? Yes. Yeah, I thought. Yeah, I, I saw the uh, basic cover art, and I thought that was a game based on Simahaya. <laughs> I thought, oh my god, yeah, that sounds amazing. You know. Oh fuck! I'm going to tell you something now, and if I'm not allowed to tell you it, I'll ask for permission and then take it out. He will be in the game. Yes. <laughs> Good, because I, I, I told um, people in the E1M1 that I made that massive mistake. I was like, I thought this was a game about Simon High. It's, it's not, but, you know, I thought it's it was. It's not about him. No. There's yeah. a wink and a nod. There's, there will be a wink Good. and a Good. nod. To it. Yeah. Yeah. It's because I was looking at it. I was thinking, is, it, is this a game about, like, you know, the UI Def himself? I was like, no, it, it, it's not. I, I've completely misread what I saw. And yeah. that reminds me, um, I have a similar story about that. It's a bit of a tangent, I'm sorry. But um, this I went, whole show is about tangents. Please woo, take the I went to yeah. the cinema when I was, um, I was quite young, man. And um, I went with my mom and we went to go see, have you ever heard of a film called Alpha Papa? It's about Alan Partridge. I don't think so. Uh, yeah. Um, Went to go see that film, and Alpha Papa is obviously Alan Partridge. It's, you know, okay. police jargon, I guess. The Alan Parsons Project, got it. Okay, Prague Rock, I'm following. Yeah, and um, <laughs> basically, my mum went to the counter and she goes, uh, two tickets to Piper Alpha, please, which was an oil rig explosion off of the north coast in the UK. It happened I don't know, late 80s, early 90s. So, like, completely different thing. And the guy was like, I'm sorry, what, what, what? <laughs> and I just feel like that's something that I did with this game. Yeah. If you get what I mean. Like, just completely over my head. Just <laughs> to- Totally get it. I, it's, it's something I've been on a fucking rant about lately. Is like, no more fucking first-person shooter games with the name. No more hell is allowed. <laughs> if, you, if you make a game from, from this point on with hell in the title writing you off immediately and it's not that they won't be great games like there's mm. there's lots of fantastic games with the name hell in them i'm just like okay but when someone is scrolling through their fucking steam wish list they're gonna see a hundred different like how are they gonna find your shit like, if it's Definitely. not something that stands out yeah i have um i've noticed that that a lot of games in this genre specifically tend to take place on a random moon base on mars or you know something like that like a, a 
super like high tech facility on Mars, and there's a load of monsters. You know, obviously it's taken inspiration from Doom. I get it. You know, I'm not going to fault it for that. But come on, a little bit more originality, please. I think uh, Effigy did it right. Like they like okay, well we're going to put you on a moon base, and it's going to be a boomer shooter. But we have all these other things about it that are different. So like Hmm. yes, you are on a moon. So nod to Doom and all that, but you're not fighting aliens or like a super high tech thing is you're fighting like a cult of people who worship some sort of weird Cthulhu esque moon goddess or whatever. Like, all right, that's an interesting story. I'm sold. <laughs> and then it's also like a Metroidvania style game too, which Ooh. I'm really looking forward to, but with white hell, I think it for me personally, just looking at like just indie stuff. I mean, we're not going to count like the shit that's got a lot of money behind it, but it's like the most interesting one to me right now because it is uh it offers a lot from a level design perspective and Mm. the story i I know some people will like go the john carmack route and say story doesn't matter i think it matters it definitely does to me because it's like uh with their their integration of the the kala kalavala i hope i'm pronouncing that correctly uh which is the you know the finnish mythos and everything into their game uh I don't know, it just leaves so much to be hmm. like, okay, well, what's going to happen next? Where are we going with this? There's fascists, yeah. there's fucking communists. Like, what is going on? A lot of mystery. I've, I've seen that argument be made uh, that story doesn't matter. And while I would personally disagree with it myself, I do believe story matters. It depends on what type of game you're going for, really, because there are certain games where the story really, really doesn't matter. You know, you can have various arcade experiences that are just literally go hit stuff. You know, go hit stuff, go Even shoot then, stuff. Maybe it's not a, th- a story, but like a theme, right? Yeah. Yeah. What's my gimmick? If you're a wrestler. Like, okay. Like, big, strong dude. <laughs> All right. Cool. I've seen that. Uh, what makes you interesting? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, you know, it helps. I like games that have a story, but don't, you know, put it right in your face. Mm-hmm. You know, but it's not a case of, you know, you have to go find collectibles and walk around the map and read this and read that to figure out. It's just, you know, things you can pick up from the environment as you're walking through and, you know, there's like a, someone over the loudspeaker saying something and it's like, oh, and, you know, yes. you begin to piece it together and it's just environmental storytelling. I like that. It's immersive. Yeah, definitely. Oh, fuck. What else? Like, there's <laughs> there's just like so many fucking games. Like, I, I feel like a dick if I go on the show and I say something like this is the one that I think is most exciting because I might come back next week and say something totally fucking different. <laughs> Or I'll feel guilty that's like it's a friend of mine who's developing it, and I'm like, oh, how come you didn't say my game? Okay. Well, I don't know that we were we're kind of going down the the realm of like you know, okay, so it's the same premise. Like you, you're you're a first person person. You're shooting something. You're in an area where there's monsters. Go kill them. But then there's like the added idea of like, okay, so what other gameplay elements can you integrate into that mm. without breaking the whole damn thing? So like I mentioned already, like Effigy with like sort of the Metroidvania style thing, also uh, Vomitorium, uh, which is Scumhead's latest endeavor, same kind of idea. Okay, like we're going to we're gonna have like a, a map where you can revisit areas and you gain new abilities that allow you to traverse into new things that you couldn't do before. That's huge. Like that's like a big step forward for the genre as far as I'm concerned. Mm, definitely. Um, I don't know. There's uh, there's other ones that are just kind of like doing, they're kind of hammering that same thing. Like a, there's a lot of games right now that are like, I look at them and it's looks fun, but it just looks like, all right, you're making doom 16, you know, 
again. Mm. Uh, but the, there, there are games like that with that sort of, you know, feature of like retreading your your steps. Like, there's a few games in this list of the uh, episode I'm doing now. And while I do like that, you know, that gameplay design, that element, because it encourages you to really think about what you're doing, it's like occasionally it gets a bit over convoluted. There's a lot to remember, there's a lot to think about. You know, you pick something up and you're like, I have no idea what this is used for, shove it in my backpack, and then, you know, you'll, you might drop it somewhere. And then, like, three hours later, you're like, oh, I needed that. So you got to tread back through three hours worth of gameplay again just to grab it and bring it back. It's it can be a bit a bit of a bollock, really. I did that in Arx Vitalis. I there was an item that like there was no reason for me to believe it was significant, and then I later found out it was super important. And I didn't put it somewhere. I just threw it on the ground, and I had no <laughs> idea where I threw it, and ruined my whole fucking gameplay experience. I get that one hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, but it's like when it comes to RPG games, I. I pick things up and I hoard them. Yeah. Yeah. And then I'm like running out of inventory space and thinking, what, why? <laughs> it's like, I might need this. I might need that. I can't drop anything. It just becomes it's... a big over convoluted problem. Yeah. I mean, as, as the games become more complicated, I guess, in the way that they're designed, that also you end up with the more potential problems that could go wrong. Like it's a, a more complex machine has more thing, you know, more parts that can break, and therefore mm. more different things you need to understand about it. That's uh, one thing that I quite yeah. like about the modern boomer shooters is they are not made with the same amount of crap in them as many AAA games. Yeah, you know, and so if something goes wrong with you know, a boomer shooter level or something, or an enemy's not working quite as it should be, it's much simpler for the developer to you know jump back on and go, oh. Yep, just change that little bit of code. There we go. Should be should be fine now. Rather than with AAA studios that look into it and they spend a month, you know, bug testing and figuring out and like, oh, we've fucked it. We have no idea what we've done. I think that's what makes curators like yourself, or like like Vince Steele, like uh, like I mean, the whole E1M1 thing right now. It's not just the ability to like make a video or make a you know an article and say like this good this bad or describe the you know what you're talking about. It's the ability to like break down and explain why you have the opinion that you do. It mm. really matters. I think, for instance, like if I'm into someone, like I, I follow someone because like I look, I'm hoping they're going to curate content for me. It's not because they gave it a number of stars. Mm. It's not because they or eloquent with words. It's, it's more like, um, what about my personality and your personality or the same or different? Does it matter which one? And based on your opinion, what would my opinion be? And then that's how I would then decide. Hmm. It's like, I, um, I have always been quite a fan of Jim Sterling as a games reviewer. And well, it could be argued that recently as of the recent months, he's sort of taken a tumble down the insane hill uh you know i still respect his opinions on a lot of games you know sure he has hot takes on twitter about many other things of which are political and i'll leave that to one side <laughs> but um yeah I, li- I like what he has to say about games a lot of the time and there are many content creators i follow that i like that i might not agree with anything they say but what they say about games i'm like i i can i can pick up what you're putting down there yeah it's like I said, it doesn't matter if we agree or not. Like I don't need to know 
necessarily what G-Man thought of this game, right? Hmm. I just need to know what G-Man thought of the, uh, thought of the game in terms of what I know about him. And hmm. then if we've disagreed before, that's fine. But I can form an opinion about what I will think based on what his opinion was, regardless of it's not based on thumbs up or thumbs down. It's just based yeah. on how do we get there? Yeah. It's like when I'm reviewing yeah. a game, I like to mention specifically aspects of the game. For example, the gameplay, if it has a story, the story, you know, talk about what I like about it, what I don't like about it, what it could have done better, what it, you know, arguably should have done better. Games that, for example, don't have an FOV slider. That's one of my big nitpicks in games. Pet peeve of mine too. Yes, I, I will always bring that up in a review, just to mention something like this game does not have an FOV slider. It's it's super irritating, and I hope what was that the one where the, the FOV slider was vertical instead of horizontal. Ah, a medieval. Yes, like what the fuck was that? Oh god, I, never I, even noticed I hated it with a passion. I was thinking things that I slid that FOV slider right up to full. I was like, why? Am I still tunnel vision? Please explain to me what's going on. And I had a lot of trouble trying to work that out. And um, yeah, basically, when I finally worked it out after you know googling it and trying to troubleshoot it, I ended up finding a forum post, an old archive forum post, with someone talking about it and how to set it properly. And then you know, got it quite wide FOV. I was like, right now, I can play the game properly. Because for me, like you say, FOV is a big pet peeve. It's like I, I like the quake level FOV, you know, where you, you can see everything. Yeah, fisheye view. But Definitely. <laughs> especially in multiplayer, people get very strange with their, their setup and just like what's going to give me that edge and like the mm. ability to see my opponent coming, all that. It's a whole rabbit hole, man. And yeah, in a it's single like, player game, it's just like, okay, well, what do I prefer? Right. Mm, what makes definitely. It's like in multiplayer games, you know, you see people putting all the graphics down to low to get that extra couple of frames, or they they put the grass density down to like minimal so they get that edge and seeing players at long range is like, oh, man. One of my favorites <laughs> is Psygib. Uh, he's a pro, you know Quake Pro League, mm. uh, Quake Champions player, and he's one of my favorites, and I've I've been following him forever. But I was at QuakeCon, and I was watching from his perspective, like like looking over his shoulder, like what the fuck is that? And he had his uh, saturation like turned to this ridiculous, it's like, didn't look like anything real, but it was just like, that's how I see the enemy before anyone else does. Like they, they're just this weird bright color. I'm like, just, I don't have to know what they, their character is or anything. I just need to fucking shoot them. Like it's, you know, <laughs> yeah, all, definitely. It's, all it's bright. sort of like those people that um, play on keyboard, but they, they don't use WASD. They sort of like, I'm not sure which keys it is specifically. It's like TGFH or, you know, they use the Y key and stuff like that. They yeah. have their sideways and you have the, have you ever seen Rafa play? No. Okay. So he's, uh, I don't think anybody would really argue if not of all time, the greatest quake player right now, but he plays, uh, with his lap, uh, with his keyboard on his mm. lap like Russian style so that he has his <laughs> arm over the desk and his keyboard in his lap. And he, and there's other people who do this. It's not like a totally unique thing, but, and then, you know, so he's got the full desk to move his mouse on 
Hmm. And he plays, like you were saying, like with his hand, like kind of sideways on the keyboard. So his keyboard setup is like, I'm probably going to misquote this, but like ERFD or some strange shit like that with, you know, Mm. and then every weapon has its own hotkey. It's a fucking crazy rabbit hole to go down. I'm hoping people aren't (laughs) doing that with single player games. No, let's hope not. I mean, yeah, with a single player game, you can set your keys, whatever you want. You can spend all the time in the world trying to perfect that, but why? Just keep it simple. (laughs) It's like you, you don't gain a competitive edge from, messing around too much with stuff like that yeah another thing uh kind of breaking the topic here but gotta move on at some point of course that i really appreciate about what you do is you mentioned several different times that like your motivation here is like i want to bring attention to these games Hmm. and there's a fuck ton of reviewers out there that will make a review and then the review is not about the fucking game it's about they're promoting themselves like you know, the first thing you see in the description is like, here's my Patreon. And nothing wrong with like, here's my Patreon, here's my sponsor. Like, there's there's nothing wrong with that. But then they don't mention the fucking game. Oh, yeah. I well, leave, I you know, I leave yeah. the whole like, comment, rate, share, subscribe thing right to the very end. The first thing I will do in each of these videos is I will mention E1M1. They go, look, if you like any of the sort of games here, join E1M1, talk to the guys there. You will never run out of boomer shooters. Because, of course, you know, if you want this, you're going to want more. Yeah. So if you join E1M1, you can get chatting to the people there, and they will always have a suggestion for you, be it a new boomer shooter or whether it be an old shooter. Like, for example, um, it was Zach and Game Goblin that um, were talking to me about a game called Dark Messiah of Might and Magic. It's a game I had never heard of. It's an old game as well. I'd never heard of it. And they mentioned it to me, and they sent me one video that sold me. Just It was like this weird... Um, it was like mixed to music, the combat. And I was like, I, I need this game. <laughs> it's, it's weird just as to how you can miss a game completely. And it's, it's really shit when you watch that video that sells you on something and then you can't find, like, where do I find the thing that you're talking about? Mm. And you, you go the extra, I, I know exactly what you're, I know every step of your pain. When you go back and you timestamp every little thing and you have like a million tabs open, like, okay, this game goes here, this game, okay, double check that, I see that. Like, I've done it so many times. And it's not just, you know, what the game is. For me, it's like, okay, did I find their Twitter? Did I put their, you know, their Patreon in here? Mm. Like, did I get every way that I could possibly give people to reach out to this person or to find their, whatever it is that they're doing. I make the effort. Yeah. Um, sometimes I'm just fucking lazy and I'm like, all right, Twitter's good enough. Like, like, <laughs> like the websites on the Twitter, that's plenty, but I do my best. Yeah. So I try the and, fact that you go the extra mile, try and link to everybody's steam pages, but of course not every game I cover has a steam page. Some of them have itch pages or some of them hell are just, you know, demos that, I found from Twitter and they don't have any, you know, don't have any uh, digital sales set up yet. Or even something as simple as just putting up a damn website for your game. It's like, here's the trailer and here's where you can follow us all. Like that makes it really easy. I'm just like, all right, there's our website. All of the links that you need are there. Done. Um, it's something that like you know, indie, indie developers just fucking, I don't want to like broad brush because there's a lot of people who are really good at it, hmm. but you know, many of these people like don't see the value in 
promoting themselves, like the, the really going the extra mile to like present their product. It's just like, you know, my game will, my art will speak for itself. People will come from all over the lands to see the statue of David and his giant penis. Uh, <laughs> no, they won't actually. <laughs> so uh, yeah, even something as simple as just having a web page up or anything. Mm, definitely. Is, uh, because there's a lot of games out there like, um, up until very recently, actually, Osric's game, uh, fuck, I don't know why it's not coming to me right now. Eviscera Fest mm. was like exclusively like come to our Discord, and that, that's cool. But like, I'm in like a hundred Discords, man. I can't keep yeah, up with everything. I have it's so many Discords cool. myself. Yeah. I like that Discord have finally added a feature that you can basically make folders for the types of Discords you're in. So I have ones for oh. the yeah. YouTube communities that I'm a part of. You know, because YouTube is obviously always plug their Discords and. I join them because I, you know, I want to be updated on when their latest videos are because God knows the algorithm on YouTube is awful most of the time. Um, and so I follow a lot of YouTubers on there, and then I've got ones for various specific games, like for example, PUBG, one for CS:GO. I've got you know loads of them for you know multiplayer games that I might not play all the time, but when I do play, because I don't know many people that own the game, you know, in my friends list, I want to play with somebody. Yep, and. You know, otherwise I'm stuck randoming with people, and that's never fun. Hundred <laughs> percent. I have like, it's it's not even just broken down by like that. It's like okay, these are companies of games. These are like uh, indie games that I'm looking forward to. <laughs> that I just need to like. All right, it's ten o'clock. I've, I've got nothing else to do. Let's just check on every one of these discords <laughs> or even just some that like, I'm never going to look at unless I absolutely need it. And then I'm like, okay, like this is the, uh, the yeah, file. That's I have to, like, a lot of upcoming type games yeah. that I've joined the discords for. Like I've joined, um, let's have a look Valhall, which is a game that's it's a Viking battle Royale. And it's set to be coming out yep. soon, but it's, it's, it's a done when it's done type game. They don't have a release date yet. And, um, well, I've got another one somewhere. Um, uh, there was, um, I can't remember the game they've, um, they made, but I'm in a Discord called Neurometallicy, and they're making a boomer shooter that's, again, done when it's done. And so I basically just stay in these Discords to be updated first and foremost as to when the game is coming out yeah and even then it's like i gotta separate the wheat from the chaff like how am i gonna find like i can't just keep up like i can't have a notification every time somebody publishes something on discord so sometimes it's it's gotten to a point now where a lot of devs just like hit me up when they have something new like hey man like like, fuck yeah like this (laughs) makes my life a lot easier (laughs) like yeah it's like i one of them is that dang light too that i've joined the discord for that because of course i'm yeah I enjoyed the first Dying Light and, you know, I enjoyed Hell Dead Island back in the day. And I'm yeah. kind of bummed that it looks like we're not going to get Dead Island 2. That, that's another thing is like uh, when you get really invested in a project and then you realize like this is never going to happen. And mm. especially if you put yourself out there and you said like, this is going to be the best fucking thing ever. I'm super excited about it. And then it's just like such a disappointment um, all the way around. Have you have you seen you mentioned the Caesar game earlier? Have you seen Arthurian Legends? No. That that's another one of those like as far as I know, you really they have a website, I know, but like the only place to really like stay in tune is on their Discord, which is not super active, but that game is a uh, you were 
as, as you were mentioning the Caesar uh, earlier, I was thinking like, oh. man, you got to check out Arthurian legends. Cause it's like um, you play as King Arthur and you're basically fighting against the Saxons mm. and it's, it's very much like a blood, like brutal doom looking kind of game. It feels that way. Yeah. But it's also I, got a bit of the item management RPG element to it too. Checking um, on Google. I have clicked on uh, that steam page, you know, for their artwork. So I am aware of it. It's just, you know, completely slipped my mind, but they don't have a steam page for the game yet. So Correct. I'll be able to wish list it. Anything like that. I can't wait till they do, man. I've I played the demo uh, a while back and it was ext- it's very, you know, nothing too crazy. Like as far as like the amount of content in it, but mm. just what little bit I played, I was like, it left me drooling. I'm like, I can't fucking wait <laughs> to touch this game. Like it's going to be epic. But I think it's one of those, like when it's done, like I'm taking my time eventually yeah. when I'm ready to push it out to the public. That's another aspect of it too. Is like, when do you decide to let people know about your shit? Like, Definitely. Because uh, if you let them know too soon, they're going to be pestering you. When's it ready? When's it ready? When's it ready? You said it was coming out this time. You said it was coming out that time. It's still not out. What's wrong with you? What are you doing? But if you let them know too late, they're like, well, yeah, the, the, the time's sort of gone now. You know, we, we've moved on from that whole, you know, era of games. And so, yeah, you have got to time it right. I don't even want to begin to like think about the, the stress of what the developers go through. Just, just making those little decisions. If they're even able to make that decision, sometimes it's just like my head's so deep into making the damn thing. Like how do you come up for air and decide, like make decisions about it? And like, who do you reach out to for advice? That's a great thing about the realms deep discord is like, there's just this constant wave, like all the different devs that are in there are always like, you know, we'll hit each other up for, what do you do about this? Like it, 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 something as simple as like a, where do you get fonts that won't get you sued? That that kind of thing or anything like that. Or what do you, you know, I, they talk about shit. I don't understand. Like that has to do with computer coding. I'm like, yeah, that sounds cool. Awesome. Uh, but or graphic design, that's a whole other fucking ball game. Uh, I, I guess you guys get that a bit now in the E1M one discord too. Hmm. Yeah, we have quite. There's quite a few devs in there for their game, and they use E1M1 as a sort of stepping stone for you know their marketing, which I guess is good because, of course, everybody in the E1M1 Discord is there for boomer shooters. And so, if you're developing a boomer shooter and you're a developer and you come to E1M1, you say, "Hey guys, this is a game I'm developing. Check it out." Almost everyone in that server is going to. <laughs> It really uh, is, I don't know, a bit of a pet peeve of mine when communities are very strict about like no self-promotion or whatever. They get like peeved about that shit. Mm. And I get it too. Like if you're, if it's your brand, right? Like if you come into the, I don't know, Dread XP Discord and all you do is just like, hey, check out my new game. Like, well, they sell games. So like maybe they don't want just their whole server to be flooded with just self-promotion of other shit that has nothing to do with yeah. what they Yeah, it's get. like people piggybacking off the success of others. In a, in a way, um, in your guys' case, right? Like this is like a, you know, we're selling a magazine about what you're selling. So like, come yeah, definitely. show us what you got. And like, it's like their proving ground. Like they're trying, essentially they're trying to get your attention. To, mm. like, hopefully they will get some promotion out of it. One of the lovely things that I like so much about UNM1 though is, for example, video creators like myself and, you know, yeah. there's numerous others in the Discord. We have a a chat for 
posting your videos and you know we have a content creator role so if a developer decides oh i'm making this new boomer shooter i want some people to test it and do a review on it they will at your role and they will they'll give you a link i've had in this uh, new video i'm doing um about two or three of the games that i've got from it are wishlisted from well gifted to me from developers yeah which is awesome you know because that helps me out it saves me money you know, it's not a lot of money to spend because they do tend to be around fifteen pound or you know, not a lot of money at all. But the less I have to spend the better, obviously. And obviously Thank they you. they give it free and I can then review it. But I try to make sure that with me reviewing a game that I received for free, that, that doesn't affect my my final judgment on the game, you know. I this might be different for most people. I tend to value things that I pay for more than things I got for free. Definitely. Yes. So, and so to avoid exactly that issue, I have made it a rule for myself that when someone gives me a game that, you know, costs money mm. for free, I, I will buy it for someone else. Like that is my rule. Like I mm. pay it for it. And I, I can't afford to obviously like, do that forever, but like stuff that's like, okay, well this is fucking awesome. I got to share this with other people. At least I'm getting a second opinion out of this. Like, yeah, true. At the end of the day, so I don't know, but that is a that is weird. So you guys like have the role for like, okay, the content creators, and then they can just ping all of you and say like, hey, who wants to review my shit? I'll give you a key. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. In my server, that role is me. <laughs> <And it's> like, <laughs> sometimes I just have to like, I did this like a week or so ago. I was just like, all right, look, I'm going offline. I can't take any more. Leave me alone. I have to find time to edit. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Like with me, I don't get videos out on a schedule. I don't have a schedule set up for my videos at all. But currently, working in the role I do, I work in a shop. Yeah, that wouldn't be possible at all. Because if I said to myself, "I'll script on Wednesdays, record on Thursdays, edit on Fridays," I guarantee you that'll work for a week or two. Then someone will be off sick, and they'll be in Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. That'll be my week and my schedule, my plan. Fucked. <laughs> Everything just goes up in flames. Yeah. I mean, I, I mentioned earlier to you, like I'm a shift worker. So like, mm. there's no way I'm going to like always have the same days off and like be able to say like, all right, on this mm. day, I'm going to do that. But for me, come hell or high water, there will be a podcast on Tuesday, every Tuesday, unless I have some extenuating circumstance or like we're taking off for a holiday or something like that. But even then I usually feel guilty and do like a solo cast <laughs> or something, just something. Cause I, I mean, first of all, like it's just good for content creation to be like, they can depend on it to come at a certain time. But also I feel like a, I, I, I don't like, I wouldn't just know this automatically, but having interacted with the folks who listen to the show, like some of them really just like look forward to it. And a lot of people are sort of like reclusive, you know, like they're, hmm. they don't do a lot socially. And I've gotten people that have messaged me and said like, Hey, you know, I was having a hard day and your newest podcast was like, you know, in my queue. And I, I listened to you while I was going through this hard thing and I was at work and I couldn't deal with it. And so like, I feel almost like a moral obligation. Like I need to, those are my fans. Those are yeah, the people who I really definitely. Like. I've had um, a few comments like that on my videos, you know, people saying yeah. your videos are great. They're just what I need. I'm like, okay, I hope I can keep doing that for you. You know? course you know you you will get the occasional you know jeery comment that's like oh you suck 
He's right. Cool. Yeah. But well, um, I say no, you, you finish. Sorry. Um, what was it? I had one guy comment on one of my videos the other week saying, why, why is it that everybody in the Boomer Shooter community has watched Ash vs. Evil Dead? And I was like, <laughs> just blame John St. John. <laughs> it's my boomstick. <laughs> yes. Yeah, hail to the king, baby. <laughs> yeah, all that. Like It's like in, integral. Or, or even like Caleb had a lot of stuff like that. It's You're like not the first... You're not even the second or third person who's like brought up at like <laughs> Evil Dead because it is uh, for some reason like the same people who are into Doom. It just makes perfect sense that they would be into Evil Dead. Like mm, definitely, I think that's the beauty of it. I'm going off on a tangent now too. But like that's the beauty of the like the fact that you. I think I said this earlier about like reviewing. Mm. The fact that you know, I know you like this kind of game, means that we're going to have other things about our personalities in common. Definitely. Like it, it's just a, there's no get, oh, getting around that. We're gonna have some. I'm almost like bewildered when I interact. Like Jake was a good example. Like I'm like, oh, you don't you don't like this thing or that thing or you don't like you, even something as simple as like I don't drink, I don't smoke, I don't party. Like just took me. I'm like, whoa. We're. I just assumed we were the same person. <laughs> yeah, I get that. It's it's nice when you find common ground with people, especially you know. Uh, as you say, influences. Uh, because then you think to yourself, "Wow, I'm a lot more like you than I thought." Yeah, you know, I, I listen yeah. to you for your opinions and you know your thoughts and stuff like that, and you are a lot more like me than I realized. Type deal. That's how you sink the hook in, man. Like when you make yeah. that personal connection, like that. I mean, that sounded kind of predatory. I didn't mean, it. Like, <laughs> that's, that's that's. I mean, when you make a personal connection with someone, like when they care about you, they don't just care about like what your review is or what game you're talking about. They care about, Oh, I'm tuning in to see Papa shows. Sco. God damn it. <laughs> no worries. Papa Everyone gets it. Um, new video because it's Papa Sco. That's when you like, all right, now you're winning. Like you're, you're taking it to a whole new level of mm. what your fans are tuning in to see. Oh, what I had a fucking thought and I forgot. <laughs> <what> it, was. <laughs> it was, uh, it was this. So in terms of getting your shit out, if you want to, you know, you said it's like almost impossible to do it on a regular basis. Mm. What I do is I record a bunch of interviews, you know, like this weekend I said, like I'm doing you today, someone else tomorrow, maybe someone else on Sunday. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to take a few weeks off and whatever free time I have, that's not, you know, personal fun time will be, all right, and I'm going to edit these out and I'm going to get them out before the, the Tuesday that they align with. Like that's yeah, definitely. my way of doing it. Which yeah. can be stressful. <laughs> I, I suppose so, but with um, my style, obviously, because I need to review seven or eight different titles per episode, I need to buy seven or eight games per episode. And so if paydays pass me by, I think to myself, <laughs> oh, fuck, I'm going to have to wait a month now for this one. <laughs> yeah. I've... Uh... I've been in situations, man, where like I just I saw like a, a review or something or you know Twitter post, and I'm like that looks fucking awesome. I'm just gonna shot in the dark see if they respond. And I'm like, hey, you want to be on the show sometime? And you know, most of the time, it takes a while to respond or whatever. But every once in a while, I get like an immediate like, yes, I'll be on. Like, can you do this Saturday? And I'm like, fuck, I have to play the game now, and I'm just gonna like. <laughs> quickly do it so in your case like as you were saying like your style it's not just the 
creation of the video, it's like you've got to play like five or six, maybe more games to even get to the point where you can start mm. yeah. the video. Yeah. Okay. That's, that sucks. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry for your loss. <laughs> that's fine. Uh, it's just a case of like, I have to, you know, record the game, write what I thought about the game, then record another game, write what I thought about that game. I have to keep doing that until I have enough games for a video to put together. Yeah. And then I've got to figure out what order to put them in because sometimes the order I record and write them in isn't the best order because, of course, I might have I might have accidentally played the best game in that list first. And I don't want to put yeah. it first because then, of course, people tune in, watch that, five minutes, done. And they won't stay for the rest of them. Sort of thing. Do you, do you um, like, take notes as you play or do you, like, play it and then sit down afterwards? And a bit of both. I'll okay. take... Basic notes as I play, you know, I'll have a little pen and paper by me, and I'm like, okay, uh, this enemy type, quite like that, like the way this is, this mechanic in the game. And then I stop playing after recording a decent length. I go, right, time to put my notes into paragraphs now and to, you know, really think about what it is I'm trying to say. And so then I brainstorm and think of uh, the best way to get my opinion across. I find it like it, it. I guess it depends on what reason I'm playing the game for. Like if if it's just for pure enjoyment, I don't do any of that shit. But like, if it, okay, let's just say someone were to like, hey, here's my demo. Will you check this out? And I'm like, yeah, absolutely, it looks great. In that case, I have a notepad or a word document or something open, and I as soon as I see an issue, tab out, write it down, hmm. or, or not necessarily an issue, but just a, th- a thought comes up. Definitely because I'm I want to give similar. them that meticulous like feedback of like this is these are the things that i noticed and how i think it could either improve or like keep doing that kind of thing yeah that happens to me a lot when it comes to various bugs that i find in games or various little things that just tick me off a teeny bit like for example no fov slider or i find (laughs) a bizarre bug in a game that it it's not game breaking it's just irritating and i think to myself I need to write that down before i completely forget about it because you know if i'm sitting here recording two hours worth of gameplay yeah. I'm going to completely blank by the time I finish. A hundred percent, man. <laughs> I, and like most of it, like in my real job, like most everything, like I never write anything down. I, in fact, I think that, like even in school, like I didn't write notes when I was listening because I guess I'm like an auditory or conversational learner. Mm. So I, it like breaks my ability to concentrate. I actually retain information more by just experiencing it in the moment and then mm. coming up with my thoughts later. But uh, I'm no one is immune to just completely like at the end of it, like, Oh, I forgot what my thought was. <laughs> yeah. That's a big problem. Especially, you know, when I get done playing for two hours, I'm like, Fuck, what was the thing I was going to say at the very beginning of that video? <laughs> I'm like, I don't have to go for another two hours of playing the game just to remember that. Yeah. <laughs> it becomes, it becomes such a, a bit of a drain really. Speaking of two hours, we are now at the two hour mark of this recording. Yeah. Uh, as I told you beforehand, I'm, I'm always like, we could talk for as long as you want, but I also want to respect that you have shit to do. Yeah. So uh, at this point, I'll offer it up. Like, do you want to just plug your plug your thoughts, like final closing thoughts, and get on with your life? Uh, yeah, because uh, I have okay. got to walk the dog, I guess. Um, All right. Yeah, I don't really have much in terms of closing thoughts, man. This is it's been fun. <laughs> Come back anytime, man. I no worries. 
I love the uh, the ability to have like kind of a rotating cast of like okay because uh, a lot of the time it's just like okay here's a video game developer you know one hit and we'll see them later whenever they have more content or something like that but mm-hmm. I also really like having people who are you know just have lots of thoughts and like interesting things to say that can kind of recur and like hey what's going on in your life now and especially content creators like yourself mm-hmm. uh, because I can check in and be like all right fill me in on all the shit that I didn't pick up. Or like, what's going on in your life now? How have you changed? How has your content changed? Like, that's really fun for me. So definitely, anytime you want, just hit me up. Come back. No worries, man. Really Sounds cool. great. And I also want to say, like, again, I, I think I've kissed your ass enough, but I'll do it one more time. <laughs> I really like your videos, man. I'm really enjoying watching you improve over time. And I think what you're doing, uh, not just with your personal stuff, but also with E1M1 has been uh, invaluable to this whole community mm. at large. Yeah, those guys have been amazing uh they've yeah. been big help big support in you know furthering my uh series so far uh be it from developers offering me free keys for games or you know i made a joke in my last video with um zach and jake i was like when am i get my one one sponsorship boys you know and uh that was intended as a complete joke then zach came through for me and goes here i've got you like two or three keys to games here i'm just like really didn't have to do that bro thank you <laughs> Yeah, you know, it just helps me out a little. I imagine you being around and available and helpful will pay off later when they're like, "Hey, man, we should make some video content for our, you know site or whatever the fuck well, to, to advertise." Well, clearly hope so. If ever they need <laughs> any video content or anything like that, they want you know to uh, be featured in a video. You know, come to me, I'm your man. <laughs> All right, brother. Thank you very much. No worries. Peace. See you soon, bro. Thank you very, very much to Papa Sko for coming on the show. It was really cool. I had a great time talking to him. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with him equally as much as I did. If you're still here, which you evidently are if you're hearing this, I would like to say, first of all, thank you for listening. You're awesome. also want to say thank you to Immorpher for this awesome mass track that we're doing uh, in the background here. This, I believe, is going to be part of his Doom 64 wad mod, whatever the hell they call it in in 64 world. Uh, But it's fucking awesome. It's a bit different than the usual stuff we get from him because it's usually the dark ambient thing. But this is kind of heavy metal, which I like. like, I'd like to hear more stuff like this from him as well. If you want to follow him more for a different go to his Bandcamp page and buy all his shit. I'll leave a link in the episode notes. He is amazing. If you would like to support in the keep podcast because you're such a big fan of course the number one way to do so is to simply tell people about it you can leave likes reviews subscribe on whatever the hell you listen to if that's youtube or i don't know spotify itunes google uh, ghana that's like the biggest one now so the, i think it's actually the second biggest place where people listen to the show now so shout out to all my fucking friends in india you guys kick ass gotta say thank you to our patreon supporters and before i read that list off i want to say that hey if you want to be featured on this list all you got to do is become a patreon supporter all folks who sign up no matter what tier they are once you've broken 25 dollars in total donations no matter what tier again you get a t-shirt with in the keep logo on it so you can represent 
Also, of course, you get your name shouted out on the podcast. You get access to the exclusive In The Keep podcast Discord server. I try to always let people know who I'm going to be interviewing next. and leave it open to if you want to ask questions or feature them in the podcast themselves. It doesn't always work out that way because sometimes it's like, oh, shit, quick turnaround. But like, if it's during the daytime and I can reasonably expect people to be around, I'll let you know who we're going to talk to next. And, of course, you always get access to episodes early before they're released. So thank you to Paul, Moose, Dots, Zach, Alexander, Brad, Red Eyes, Anthony, Robert, Jack, Brandy, Fred, Lord Revan, Tones, Igrak, Simon, Immorpher, and all of the Flam Fam. You can also go to inthekeep.com forward slash support. There you'll see all of our links, including our Amazon affiliate link. Great way to donate without actually costing yourself anything extra. Just click on that link, do your shopping. We get a kickback. You don't have to do anything extra. That's all. Thank you very much. I love you. The Drowned God Katala loves you. And until next time, stay in the keep.